Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Nutter Francesco, and I am joined, as I always am, by my grandpa, Husker Dan from Husker Max, in the beautiful city of Omaha, Nebraska. Grandpa, how are you doing this fine January Monday? We're recording on a Monday again, but uh, how, how are you doing? How's the how's the weather over there? It's been a, quite the cold week for the Midwest and everybody. Really, we've had playoff games moved around in the NFL, and oh goodness, it's just we 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 have school off tomorrow because of the snow. So it's just it feels like winter now for sure. It's been negative. It's been minus temperatures a lot. But uh, how's how's the old house holding up? No no drafts coming in from random doors. Oh, I just I got these icicles on my nose and my ears. But other than that, it's, <laughs> it's just peachy. Yeah, yeah, they're never the listeners are never gonna know. We don't post the videos yet, so they're never gonna well, you could as very well. <laughs> it's just been crazy here. We've we've had uh three or four days in a row of below zero temperatures. It's dipped down to I think maybe got down to twenty below. Um and then it's supposed to be, you know, let up, you know, tomorrow a little bit let up, and then it's supposed to be back into the deep freeze on this weekend, 15 below. So I don't know this, but yeah. you know, this is January in Nebraska. That's mm-hmm. what you get. Come yep. on. It's like, <laughs> yep. Oh no, we're, my palm tree isn't doing what, no, you don't have palm trees. Here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, speaking of palm trees, there definitely are going to be some uh, at something we need to discuss yeah. because two Husker recruits or sorry, commits, I should say, or, or signees are going to yeah. be there. What we're talking about is the Polynesian bowl which is going to be on CBS Sports Network on Friday. Um, and and Dylan Raiola and Carter Nelson are both playing in that. It's kind of a high school, high school all-star game in Hawaii. Uh, man, I'd love to be in Hawaii right now. Um, and uh, so that's on Friday. Hopefully, Grandpa and I were talking before we started recording, hopefully neither of those kids gets injured. <laughs> uh, that would be terrible. Uh, but just a little bit to see them get to play together a little bit, hopefully. So that'll be awesome to see them. I'll definitely be watching that. Yeah, that's Friday night at 8 o'clock Central Time on CBS Sports Network. It's coming from Honolulu, Hawaii. Beautiful. So, uh, yeah, oh, it's, yeah, it's gorgeous there. So, yeah. But, yeah, I, 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 I echo what you said. I just pray that nobody gets hurt, especially Carter Nelson, and especially, 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 especially Dylan Riola. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm sure, can you imagine what, what oh, Matt Rule is thinking? Oh, man. Please, please. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And, man, I mean, I'm sure many Husker fans' prayers will be sent uh, Hawaii's way on Friday night. <laughs> Both those guys you know, stay safe. I, I bet you under normal circumstances, if a player said, yeah, I want to, I'm going to play in this game. Is that okay? Coaches probably say, nah, but in Dylan's case, what are you going to say to Dylan Riola? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Let's <laughs> well, say with Carter Nelson too. And I'm, I think Matt rule wants them to get as much experience as they can against these high level players. Cause that's who they're going to be playing yeah. against. So there's yeah. a bunch of other five-star recruits over there. It's going to be quite a fun game to watch with a lot of talent. Yeah. So uh, definitely excited for that on Friday night. Um, in other Husker news, just give a quick transfer update so far for Nebraska. Uh, a few, of the, the first three of these guys we've already talked about. We talked about on our last episode. Uh, the first one of those is Bly Hill. He's a cornerback from St. Francis. Uh, I believe he's a JUCO transfer. He was yeah. he was part no, of no. our no no no. He's a, not a JUCO transfer. Okay, no, just, a, he, just a transfer portal kid. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, he transferred in around the same time as we signed our 2024 recruiting class. Right. Right. So that we've already talked about him. I believe we talked about him 
three episodes ago or something like that. I forget specifically. Uh, the two we talked about on the last episode, Isaiah Nayer, uh, wide receiver from Texas, then Wyoming. Uh, and then Dante Dowdle, who is a running back from Oregon, who we talked uh, a little bit more extensively about last episode, if you want to head back and listen to that conversation about that. Uh, three more guys we've added. Two on the defensive side, one on the offensive side. Two linebackers, Micah uh, Mazuka. He's a linebacker from Florida. Another Florida guy coming to Nebraska transfer-wise, which is great. Uh, and can then, you imagine coming up here this week and just – Oh, geez. Can I, can I uh, renege on this stuff <laughs> that I made? Yeah, yeah, they got to break him out of the block of ice before he can tour the <laughs> campus. Goodness, uh, <laughs> that would be terrible. I mean, he really has got to like Nebraska to come here, after, if, especially after visiting this week. Uh, and then the other linebacker, Stephen Thompson, who's from Syracuse, which I assume that's a Tony White connection there, yeah. which yep. is bringing him to Nebraska. The guy on the offensive side of the ball, another wide receiver, Jamal Banks from Wake Forest. That yep. is huge. I haven't looked into a lot, to his st- uh, stats, really. Um, but Nebraska needs some depth and just guys at the wide receiver spot that have some uh, that have some experience from the transfer portal. So that's huge to get him there. Uh, real quickly, your thoughts on those three guys that uh, just got added recently to the list of transfers, well, Grandpa? They're, they're, you're looking to plug holes, and with uh, uh, Stavon Thompson, linebacker, you get you got uh, uh, Nick Heinrich. He's out. He's not going to play football anymore. Right. And then Luke uh, Reimer, he's he's gone. Going to enter in the NFL draft, I think. So you got two linebacker spots open there. You got Marcus uh, Washington, who is not going to play. And then you got uh, uh, what's his face? The, the kid was here for one year. Um, Billy Kemp. Billy Kemp. Yeah. So you. It looks like, you know, they. You know, looks like that Matt is is kind of filled in some of those those holes there yeah which is, i mean it's good i obviously you, you expected him to do that so yeah it's a smart way to use the transfer portal and it's the way that i kind of expect matt rule to use the transfer portal uh, when it just comes to filling in gaps he's not going to try to get some guy that's going to replace someone he already has he believes, as Husker fans have seen, in developing guys, which is harder to do now. Uh, so I think this is kind of his way to work in the transfer portal to his coaching style. Uh, and, and just uh, remember that some of these kids will leave and that kind of stuff, and he's just got to plug holes. Um, so, yeah, Marcus Washington, Billy Kemp, uh, I believe both of them declared for the draft. Uh, I know Marcus Washington did because we talked about it. Billy Kemp, yeah. I would be shocked if he didn't yeah. uh, declare for the draft. But – uh, anyway, so that's all the transfer updates we have for right now. Uh, we'll keep you guys posted on that as more start to trickle in. I don't know how many more we'll really have. It'll probably be at that line, that second level of the defense, I would imagine, and then probably uh, tight ends, wide receivers. Probably not tight ends because we got a pretty stacked mm-hmm. tight end room coming up with Carter Nelson and a lot of these other guys and Thomas Fedoni, Fedoni and, and, and those guys in there. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked to see maybe one or two more wide receivers transfer if, if, if any, so, uh, I'd be, I'd be watching for that, but I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised also if Nebraska doesn't sign any more transfers. I think what they're going to, they're looking for is an edge rusher. They didn't sign one in the, in the December 20th, uh, recruiting class. That's not to say they couldn't do it. They still have the first Tuesday in February, whatever that is, second, third, whatever that is, they, they can still, uh, uh, maybe add to their uh, roster that way, but yeah, I, I, this is, you know, last year they had double digit uh, transfers and 
coming into the program, I think that's probably a wise thing to do. Most of those kids, and that's probably we should do that maybe next time to see how they panned out. We all know how Jeff Sims did not pan out. And yeah. I think a lot of those other uh, steps were, uh, those moves were were positive ones and it paid off. So you know, it, it's recruiting is not an exact science and we we all know that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, uh, let's move into the meat of our episode here, our main topic for today. We're going to do a season recap, uh, kind of long overdue, but there's been a lot of news and things to go through that filled our episodes. Before, we're going to do a season recap of the 2023 season for the Huskers uh, and kind of just go game by game. Uh, and not really break it down as, as much as we did each episode after this game. That's why we have those episodes. You can go and listen to those if you want to hear a more detailed breakdown in our initial reactions to them. This is kind of just a, as a whole, Nebraska season going game by game, kind of what were we feeling, uh, final notes, thoughts on these games, and uh, and maybe just on Nebraska season in general. Uh, then we're going to move into talking about Nebraska basketball because there has been a, I mean, obviously, I assume all of you listening to this podcast know that Nebraska upset number one Purdue by 16 uh, at home uh, last week. So we'll talk about that and we'll talk about the other games surrounding that game and kind of what that means for Nebraska basketball there. Uh, But first, we'll start with the first game of the Huskers season 2023 uh, at Minnesota conference game to start the year again, and another really tough loss by three points, not in Dublin, Ireland this time, but this game was, you and I were both very excited for this grandpa. And I think if you go back and listen to our episode uh, after this game, it was just kind of a, there was still a little bit of hope left because he still got an entire season left to play, but it kind of was, like, oh, man, is – I don't know if we questioned rule at all after this game, uh, but it just kind of felt like, oh, man, this is going to be a rough season. Uh, and it ended up being a lot better than that game indicated, and Nebraska changed a lot during the year. This is Jeff Sims starting at quarterback. A lot of these guys – injuries, all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, man, if you think about it, if we just had Harburg or Purdy or something – Purdy obviously wasn't healthy at that point, but just put Harburg in there or, or somebody else in there besides Sims, I think we'd probably win that game and – uh, just the way that that game ended. So, uh, yeah, it, it just was rough. Yeah, I uh, it, it was it was a portent of things to come with with Jeff Sims, and, and we found out the following week at Colorado. And, and here we are, Matt Rule, new coaching, new head coach, new coaching staff. They're starting on the road, conference game on the road at Minnesota. And then the next week they travel to what we all thought was going to be a pretty, you know, maybe a cakewalk against uh, a Colorado team that had revamped their lineup. I think they brought in, uh, was it 75 new players, something like that, some incredible number. And we thought we might be, you and I both thought we were going to be 2-0 and after that Colorado game. Yep, but, yep. We were saying at the beginning of the season, there's no reason Nebraska cannot be 4-0 and going into this Michigan game. Exactly. And exactly. – um, then two and two going to the Michigan game instead. We can really kind of glance over uh, the Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech games as they they probably were closer than they maybe should have been with Nebraska's offense being what it was and Heinrich Harburg getting his first starts there with Jeff Sims being injured. And really that was kind of the turning point in Nebraska's season. I think of Jeff Sims out at the quarterback spot, Harburg gets in there uh, and Nebraska really never looks back and starts playing really well, I think. Uh, obviously the, the Michigan game is kind of an outlier 
Yeah. Um, but, and, and then to go back to the Colorado game, just real quick, it, it just made, man, they better beat them this year because that was probably the most annoying loss for me living in Colorado. Uh, it, it just seeing every time I see someone walking, there's fewer people now because of Colorado season crashed and burned, which makes this loss look worse. Yeah. Um, know, and holy cow. But, uh, I think that if Nebraska is playing the way they were at the end of the season against this Colorado team, I think it's a close game and I think we beat them. So it's just timing. And that's, and, and we've talked about the college football gods before and just timing. And there are certain things of luck uh, that, that, that have to happen for a team to perform well in a season. It, it does. I'm not saying it's all luck. There's a lot of skill involved, but you have to have some lucky breaks. It's a long season. And if you don't have some luck go your way, uh, you could end up not playing for a national championship if you're if you're one of the high level teams, and I mean Washington almost had that happen to them in the semifinal game as we talked about yep. with uh, Texas, just an unlucky timing for an injury from their running back stopping the clock. Texas almost wins the game because of it, and uh, and and they got lucky that Texas didn't uh, just four plays straight to the end zone that didn't end up working, but. That's just one where the timing is just really frustrating. And obviously Colorado will travel to Nebraska and that atmosphere will be uh, exciting for the least, I'm sure. So, uh, all right, moving through. So after four games, Nebraska's two and two on the season. What are your thoughts going into the conference stretch of the season here, Grandpa, at the time? Do you, do you recall what, what were you kind of thinking as, as far as it meant for Nebraska and how that how you felt. Obviously, I think both you and I agreed Nebraska is going to get killed by Michigan. Little did we know they would score as many touchdowns as Washington did against them. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that I mean that's that's a that's that's looking for a needle in a haystack there to find some hope in that in in, in that forty five to seven loss. But uh, what were your thoughts from the first four games of the season? How Nebraska is kind of going to perform in conference play? You know, you, you you sit there and you look at, you know, we, we I think we played five teams last year that, that the year, but five or six teams that last year, you know, in 22 had losing seasons. So you figure we got a decent chance. We've got a new coach, new coaching staff, blah, 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 new quarterback, blah, blah, blah. That, you know, we sh- we felt pretty, I felt comfortable with, with at least six wins and probably seven. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't you know, riding the, the, uh, the wave of uh, complete total optimism. But again, if you get to a bowl game or you get seven wins, that's a big improvement. So, um, but you know, Nebraska manhandled Northern Illinois. Yeah. Okay. That's in Louisiana tech by two touchdowns. That was to be expected, but getting into the meat of, of the, the big 10, the big 10 was down this, this year. We knew that going into the season, so, um, you know, you kind of figured, again, Nebraska would be good for at least six, maybe seven wins. But right. Michigan, Michigan, we were just outclassed, and we didn't know it. That I mean, I thought that was probably the best college football team I'd seen all year, but that was still that was still at the end of September. Uh, I think September 30th is when we played them. Yeah. Um, so, but they just, they just continued to dominate. Except, well, they had a close game with Maryland, but it, just about every other game they had was complete domination. They, the, the game wasn't in jeopardy. It wasn't in doubt. Again, Maryland was the exception. Uh, that was a seven-point game. But, uh, yeah, I, how far is Nebraska's program from Michigan's? Quite a ways. 
based on the Michigan of this year. But yes. to, to get to a six or seven or eight win, I don't think we're that far away. So I'm I'm very optimistic about the next season. Yeah, definitely. And I think that some of these teams will still be down. I mean, you look at the schedule that Nebraska had to play. It didn't look bad, but in the end of the season, some of these teams turned out better than we thought they were going to end up being. Michigan obviously turned out probably better than most people were thinking. I don't think most people thought Michigan was going to go 15-0 and and win the national championship. Uh, it, they might think they get there, but maybe with one loss. I don't, I don't know, but I, I for sure was not thinking Michigan would go undefeated and be as dominant as they kind of were. Um, Illinois, down year for them. That was a pretty good Nebraska win, 20-7. to um, Northwestern yeah. seventeen to nine win at home. Uh, that was huge, and that looked that just kept looking better and better as Northwestern kept trying. Northwestern, for the record, I would like to thank Northwestern. They kept trying to help Nebraska out as much as possible to win the Big Ten West. Here, they beat everybody that they needed yeah. to for, for to, to to help Nebraska win the Big Ten West. If Nebraska didn't keep losing to nobodies like Michigan State, we might have had a shot at winning the uh, probably the weakest conference in all of Power Five. Um, in all the Power Five, I, w- I would imagine. Um, and but- Northwestern finished the season, drumroll please, brrr, eight and five. Yeah. Now, who would have thought? That's crazy. That was that turns out to be the biggest win uh, so far of Matt Rule's career, which is short and not all that lustrous. Luster- yeah. Yeah. It, it, for, for as much as that Colorado win looks really bad now, that Northwestern win looks really good. And yeah. the way that Nebraska played, uh, they, I believe they had, was that the game where they had nine and a half sacks or 10 sacks or something like that? Um, I, I forget specifically, but uh, they, we were just all over Northwestern. And I know that they had their quarter, their starting quarterback injured and he was back for the bowl game and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, man, that win looks pretty good against the Northwestern team that ended up being, as you said, eight and five and, and beating a pretty good Utah team in the, in the bowl game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, that one looks pretty good. The Purdue win, 31-14, that was just nice to have. It, it's been a long time since Nebraska has beaten a conference team, and it really has never been close. Uh, and, and that was just really nice to get over a Purdue team winning by 17. Yeah, yeah. And then comes the final four games of the season. Nebraska just needs two wins out of the final four games. To, or Sorry, one win one. out of the final four games to get bowl eligible. Yep. And Grant, I remember how optimistic we were just on these episodes oh, yeah. about talking about, oh my gosh, Nebraska is going to get to a bowl game. We're going to see it finally happen. Yep. Uh, and go, we're like, oh, this is Michigan State. Easy, easy win. They got this one in the bag. It's going to be a bowl game guaranteed. And then we can just play out the season from there. And of course, it'd be nice to beat Iowa and all, this, and all these teams and, and finish with a better record. But the bowl game is secured. Of course, being Nebraska, they decide to lose in dramatic fashion um, to Michigan State and just really don't play a good game uh, in East Lansing. And it just was I, – I just remember, I, I believe I was I was not able to watch that game live, and I, but I had the score updates on, and I, I saw on my phone the final score go, and my heart just kind of dropped because I knew that was Nebraska's best chance out of the final three games. Yeah. Uh, in my thinking then that Nebraska was going to get to a bowl game. And I just, it, it just, that was probably and, the lowest Michigan, the season. Michigan state had been on either a five or six game losing string. So you figure go to East Lansing, get a win, go to a bowl. You're absolutely right. Yep. And then 
Nebraska still does have three more chances, though. So there's still that that hope that maybe they'll pull off the upset against one of these three teams, left Maryland, Wisconsin, and Iowa. All of them, one possession losses. Wisconsin lost in overtime 24-17. That game should never really have gone to overtime if Nebraska decided to finish the game. And, I mean, just watching that game was so rough. Uh, Maryland, Nebraska probably should have won that one, too. It just it, it was kind of Scott Frost. Nebraska vibes of they lose these games so close, just making stupid errors. And Iowa, I mean, that was the worst way to end a season, I think. Uh, just with everything on the line, everything the Heroes Trophy, yeah. a bowl yeah. game, of, it's two victories in a row over Iowa, which hadn't been done in forever for Nebraska. And, yeah. and, and just to lose it the way that they did was just, you get, you give them a chance you're given a chance to go down and win the game. Chubba Purdy, this is your moment, and he throws a pick, and Iowa wins the game because of it. And Nebraska's defense just folds on the run play, and what became a very difficult field goal uh, for a kicker from Iowa that had never attempted a field goal before because their other kicker had been kicking terribly the entire game. Uh, It just was – that was probably the worst just feeling emotion-wise afterward of the season – uh, for for both of us and Grandpa, you and I were together to watch that. So at least we had someone to 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 cry with after that. But uh, yeah, I mean, w- that's the end of the season. And w- what are your thoughts, kind of overall, or on those last four games in particular, Grandpa? Uh, just the heartbreak of you go through uh, October undefeated. You win three. You go three for three. You know, you you win three uh, games, and and you're you're sitting at five wins. And you got another five games or four games to to win, uh, and you're you're at you're at five and three, and so you got, uh, yeah, you got you got four games to win or four games to play to just to get one win, four chances to win one game, and you can't do it, and uh, it was that was very very frustrating, disheartening. Um, I I don't know you I, I'm not one of those. Well, we played them close. Now I I I don't I don't. There are, there are no moral victories. I I'm sorry. I I don't I don't like it. Yeah, and I'm sure Matt Rule would agree with you there, Grandpa. I I think he's just as frustrated. And of course, as a coach, he's got to put a positive spin on everything to the media, which is is what happens these days. And. <laughs> I think that he was probably just as frustrated. He was just as heartbroken as we were after those games. He said as much in his press conference after Iowa, just talking about how he feels for all the seniors and all the players that uh, came so close to finally achieving something Nebraska hadn't done in such a long time and, and, uh, and just failing at the, at the final hurdle and tripping at the final hurdle. So um, any final thoughts on the Husker 2023 season, grandpa, or or, or do you want to move on to basketball here? In, in more joyous uh, occasions. No, I think we need to put this thing, you know, bury it, put the put the shovel the dirt back on it and get on to yep. 24. A lot yeah, of it was, optimistic about going into this this fall. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I would say bury it not as deep as the last three seasons because it's there's slightly more optimism. So but but still bury it because it's I don't want to see those tapes ever again. Yeah. Um all right. Husker men's basketball. What a wild <laughs> week and a half it's yeah. been for Nebraska basketball. They lose to Wisconsin 88 to 72. Three days later, beat the number one ranked team in the nation, Purdue, 88 to 72 at home. Then three days after that, travel to Kinnick 
or sorry, that's their football stadium. Uh, travel oh, to Iowa um, and lose 94 to 76 to a nine and six Iowa team. I mean, first of all, that's the first thing we'll talk about this Purdue game, but Holy cow. What questions does that bring to your mind? Grab like, what, how, how are you feeling about this basketball team? Because that roller coaster is not a great sign. Well, this is, uh, this is uh, Fred Horberg's fifth year at Nebraska. He's had five different starting lineups. Yeah. So you can't, you got to be able to develop continuity and player, you know, you played sports a long time. You have to develop some kind of symmetry with, with the players. It works in every level of life, every every endeavor that you have. Um, so I, I really think Nebraska is going to be a lot better. Of course, you can say that about the rest of the Big Ten coming up, but but I think Nebraska is is they have some pieces there, uh, and uh, I I expect them to be a tough out coming down the stretch. I really next month I, I think they're going to be a lot tougher team to beat. Yeah, I agree too, and I think I mean it's just like they got up for the Purdue game, and and Casey Tominaga had probably the best game of his career uh, against them, just playing really well. I thought, and they just were all over Zach Eady, not allowing him get, to get anything. Um, and it, it forced Purdue to find somebody else, and Purdue just kind of looked a little bit lost. Um, I mean, being the number one team in the nation is huge. On that same night, number two Houston lost to Iowa State. Yeah, uh, and just all the top teams have been falling all over the place. Number eight Arizona lost to Washington State a couple days ago. Uh, Gonzaga lost to Santa Clara out of nowhere a couple days ago as well. Um, and uh, I mean, that's just how college basketball works. The the, the regular <laughs> season in reality does not matter that much. It matters for the at-large bids and that kind of stuff. So I honestly think we can talk, let, let's talk about this postseason chances for Nebraska NIT. I think at this point, the way Nebraska's playing and if they keep playing the way they're playing, the record they'll have is a lock for the NIT, which would be big. Uh, because Nebraska hasn't, hasn't been to the NIT in quite a bit. Uh, their men's team, their women's team went to the WNIT last year. Yeah. Um, as far as the NCAA tournament goes, the last bracketology uh, I saw that the, at bracketology is uh, Joe uh, Joe Landari uh, is the ESPN college basketball expert guy. He comes up with one of those every week, uh, and it, this was released before Nebraska lost to Iowa. Nebraska was in there as a number nine seed, so I mean that would be very interesting. They obviously wouldn't be playing in Omaha. I think there's a possibility that they can be. I don't know how that works. I don't know if they allow them to have that home. I don't think they do. Um, so, but Omaha is hosting. So that would be awesome to, to, uh, if somehow that happened, but I, I don't think the NCAA allows that for obvious reasons. Um, but, uh, what are your thoughts on postseason stuff? I know it's a little bit early, uh, in the season to be thinking about this, but how do you think that Nebraska could finish out the season here, grandpa? I think first of all, they Nebraska needs to have a winning record this year. I mean, yes. that, that I, folks will settle, not settle, but they you got to get to that point first. And second, see if you can get some so, somewhere in the Big Ten tournament postseason, yeah. and then maybe get an NCAA bid. I, I, you know, I I I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. 
And and then Nebraska is, I think, the only Power Five team that has never won an NCAA tournament game. And I think uh, I think it was Northwestern was the the one before this. So that Northwestern finally won a game, and Nebraska is it. So if Fred Hoiberg can get his team into the NCAA, that would be fantastic, and win one game. I think they'll you know build a build a statue and put him out in the front of the PBA arena. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I, I mean, I think just the trend that we've been seeing from Fred Hoiberg uh, and, and the Nebraska basketball team, it's just like they've been getting so close, so close, so close, and then I, it feels like this year's the year. Uh, and obviously there's still a lot of games left to play. March isn't for another three months. Um, so, or f- Sorry, two months. Um, but uh, there's still a lot of basketball left to be played. But it just feels like Nebraska getting out to the start that they did with 12 wins already, that – that is that's just big a big stepping stone a big boost for this nebraska team to to get to an nit or to even get to the ncaa tournament um let's talk about this purdue game real quick grandpa i mean you and i were texting about it it was on at peacock um because they thought oh this will be not a close game which is usually what happens when it was on peacock little did they know they didn't know it was going to be a close game the other way around with nebraska absolutely blowing out purdue and blowing them out of uh, PBA arena. What were your thoughts watching this game? I mean, it was just so much fun, obviously, but the, the fans storming the court afterward, what, what were you, as, as we were watching, what were you, what were you thinking? What were the thoughts? Well, I, I, I was, I, I was speechless. I, I said, who, who are these guys? You know, did, did we switch <laughs> jerseys with some other team? <laughs> um, yeah. And, and the, the cool thing about it was it wasn't like a last ditch you know three-point bank shot that wins the game they were in charge of that thing uh and they had nebraska had a couple of chances to wilt late in the game but they didn't do it they found a way to win and that's why i think that the the encouraging thing is going out down to the rest of the season nebraska knows that they have that in them they just have to be able to find it again uh, and it's tough it's tough to get up every week especially if you just you beat the the number uh, one team in the country and then you go to Iowa it's, it's it's cold it's snowy and you're not really maybe into the game and they kind of embarrassed Nebraska and that was that was a disappointment I I could see maybe losing but to lose in that fashion is uh is uh is was hard to take but then yeah. the, the then the 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 scene afterward after the game was over you thought Nebraska had won the national championship <laughs> oh yeah amazing it was just to see of humanity on that basketball court. Some people running for their lives, I suppose, but yeah, what a, I had to watch that. I just, I just drank. I took all that in. I, I, that was, that was awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That filled up my, uh, my, my Nebraska sports, good feelings cup for sure. And I, I mean, just as you were saying, like Nebraska dominated this game from cover to cover. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't really there were it, Purdue would pull close and then Nebraska just separated themselves. I, I believe they did it two or three times during the game if I'm remember, remembering correctly. But uh, I mean, it just was so much fun to watch and just for Nebraska to get a win in the way they got the win. And Purdue had the ball last, I believe. Uh, and, and they were dribbling the ball up and just kind of gave up. They just saw the seconds running off and just were like, all right, let's go home because there's, I mean, obviously you don't want to, 
it's like, okay, well, why would I keep trying with her? There's like five seconds left or something. But uh, anyway, the, the video of that is great. The last five seconds, uh, it's Purdue dribbling the ball up, kind of clearly giving up. And the entirety of Pinnacle Bank Arena chanting, go big red over yeah. and over and over again. Oh, and then the buzzer goes awesome. and then everybody storms on the court. Uh, it, it's just awesome. And, and it was during winter break. So all the student section is all kids from Nebraska, mostly, uh, who, who just are, are around and, and are able to go to the game and that kind of stuff. Um, so they're super passionate about it. It's cold outside. So everyone wants to be inside. It's just packed fun atmosphere and just a, a great win. And, uh, obviously the reverse was true with Iowa cold outside, but, uh, not the same good feelings, uh, three days later. It is. I, I can understand the letdown. It's way easier in college football to, sorry, college basketball to have a uh, to have a letdown game after a huge win. College football, just as maybe just as easy, but uh, doesn't happen as much just because you don't play as many games in the season. That Iowa game probably won't hurt Nebraska too much. I don't think it just hurts the hurts the uh, morale a little bit. I would imagine losing to an Iowa team that's not good. Uh, or I shouldn't say not good. They're not a great team. They're not Purdue. They're not one of these other teams you would expect Nebraska to lose to. Um, but um, let's let's talk some Husker volleyball real quick, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, two transfers picked up for Nebraska volleyball. One of them we talked about in our last episode. One of them we did not. Uh, we'll start with one that we have not talked about yet. Uh, Layla Blackwell is from San Diego. Not San Diego State, San Diego University. Uh, and then Taylor Landfair is the outside hitter we talked about coming from Minnesota. She's won multiple awards. Uh, just a crazy good outside hitter. She's going to replace Allie Batenhorst, who we talked about her leaving the Nebraska program on our last episode and kind of the shock. And your hypothesis was, Grandpa, that uh, Landfair would come in and replace her. Sure enough, yep. she does. Uh, I don't understand why everyone would want to be transferring to uh, Nebraska after last season and just the way that they went, went out and only losing two games and one of the yeah. main national championships. So, um, yeah, uh, your your thoughts on those two new transfers being for sure? Yeah, they again they they're they're we lost Allie and and Caroline Jervicious, uh, Maggie Mendenhall. I believe she was on a basketball scholarship and then him. Yeah. Um, Jura Vicious and I think Kubik went to Penn State, if I'm not mistaken. Allie has yet to decide where she's going, um, so we'll we'll see what happens. And then they uh, they signed two high school players who are great players. Uh, Skylar Pierce, she's down in the Kansas City city area at Lenexa, Kansas, and then Olivia Mock, she's from Bennington, Nebraska. She's a defensive specialist. So uh, you know we'll it's. John Cook has created a bit of a monster there that he has such incredibly great players that if somebody leaves or he gets a chance to add somebody who's maybe a a click better, he's going to do it. Yeah. um, uh, I mean, I I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. Allie is going to graduate from UNL uh, in May and, you know, maybe she's from Houston, so maybe she wants to go back down to Texas to play her last season. Who knows? Maybe but anybody would be happy to have her on the roster. She's a oh great, yeah, 
She's a great player. And, and, and I'll, I'll keep watching her updates and all that kind of stuff and seeing wherever team she goes to. And we rooting for them unless they're playing Nebraska in, in the, in the tournament or if she goes in <laughs> conference, but uh, yeah, just a lot of respect for her and what she's done for the Nebraska program over the past couple years. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's great for all those guys or sorry, all those, all those gals, I should say uh, to, for Nebraska to get those two transfers. Uh, and then, as you said, those two high school players that are going to be something else too, just with John Cook's recruiting talent and all that kind of stuff. As we've seen with this team of freshmen uh, going oh. to a national championship, basically right. is what, is what he just did, which is a, an unheralded thing that is rarely, really seen. So uh, this team will be good next year. But uh, that is all we have on the docket today. Uh, I want to thank you for taking the time with talk to talk to me, Grandpa, and uh, thank everyone for listening. I would like to give a big shout-out to everybody for listening. I believe this has been two years-ish uh, since we've been yeah. recording uh, this we podcast. Yeah, this yeah, is the start of our fourth year. No, third year. Third year. Okay, good. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so thank everyone. Thank you to everyone that's been listening for those two years. It's been a lot. We've hit 11,000 downloads across the entire thing. 11,500 11, 11, downloads, I believe, is what we're at now. Uh, so we can't thank you guys enough for that. Uh, this show means nothing to us uh, without the uh, listening that you guys do and, and all the and all the. Uh, uh, listening every week and all that kind of stuff. So we thank you guys. And uh, we know not everything we say all the time is right, but we try to correct everything as much as we can. If you want to correct us on something, uh, you can email us at hbthpodcast uh, at protonmail.com or huskerdan at cox.net. We will be back next week. Uh, don't actually know what we're talking about yet, but <laughs> we'll, I'm sure we'll find something. Nebraska basketball, more football news, all that kind of good stuff. Talk about the Polynesian Bowl for sure. Uh, yeah. you, everyone, all Husker fans should be watching on Friday night. Uh, but tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everyone about the show. And as always, go Big Red!